From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and today we are visiting with Kristen Buckholtz, who just passed her level three. First of all, congratulations for passing your level three, Kristen. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And thank you for joining us. Um, what I would really like to talk to you about, I'd like to focus on all the preparation you put into going for the level three, but let's start out, first of all, with just your interest in ski instruction. How did you get into that? So I started out as a ski racer. I raced in high school at my local mountain, Montage Mountain in Pennsylvania. And then I went to Penn State and raced for them for a while. And then I just got into master's racing. I did master's racing all the way up until about 2013. And that year, I started um, doing a lot more coaching, and particularly adult coaching. And I was working at Montage Mountain. I was working on the NASCAR course, and people kept coming up to me asking me, how do I ski like you? How do I race like you? How do I get as fast as you? And I would look at them, and I knew there were some fundamentals that weren't there, but I also knew and recognized in myself that I had a knowledge gap. So I went to the... Um, the only person on Ed's staff at Montage Mountain, his name was Artie Minikini. And I asked him, like, hey, you know, I think I have a big knowledge gap in my ski knowledge. And I think PSIA can actually close it for me. And he said, well, hey, I have a clinic tonight. Why don't you come along with me and we can just talk about things and see what you know and see where you think your knowledge gap is. So I did this clinic in the evening with Artie. And the first thing he came up to me and asked me in front of everybody in this clinic, what are the three things you can do to a ski? So I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I can edge a ski. I can flex a ski and I can jump a ski. And I was really, really, really proud of my answers. And he came up to me. He's like, no, 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 you can turn a ski too. Like, turn a ski. Yeah. You put it on edge and you turn. And that's when we started talking about the whole, the femur turning inside the hip socket. And I was like, aha, here's one of my first knowledge gaps. And it basically then proceeded that way. Um, and the more I got into PSIA and going through the processes, the more I learned I didn't know. And it was quite an exciting um, time for me because I finally was able to see and understand things that I didn't know before and I was actually able to become a better ski race coach because of it. So, so that's how I got my start in PSIA. And so when did you start to teach the general public? I started teaching the general public in the season um, 2014 to 2015. That was my first year really teaching uh, general public outside of racing. And, and what was that like for you as a coach working with people who were fairly skilled skiers to start working with novices? Well, that was another learning curve in itself because I had to really take a step back um, and really think about lower level skiing, which is something that I hadn't in such a long time. And in fact, um, that season is when I took my level two exam. and. I really struggled. Um, I actually failed, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say fail. I was, I did not 
um, attain my uh, skiing at skill level, my wedge Christie's and wedges at the time. And it was actually a blessing in disguise because I worked so hard at learning my wedge and wedge Christie's. I was on the mountain um, on the Benny slope with my <laughs> race skis on practicing my wedge and wedge Christie's until I actually was able to re-examine. And it was actually a good thing for me because it really put me back to basics and it helped me with um, the general public because I really never thought at that time how to really break it down, um, how to break down a wedge and how do we turn and how do we make those initial movements. And it was really exciting for me to go back and work with people and actually see them get it. And what I loved about teaching initially was just getting people all excited and seeing them make their first turn and excited to come back and ski again. So for me, that was really fulfilling. Even though I wasn't teaching the higher level skiers, um, I found a new love teaching beginners, actually. So what was that like for you? Let's go to uh, not attaining the certification. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I raced at Penn State. I'm a good skier. And I didn't pass because of wedge Christie's and wedge turns. How did you deal with that frustration? And, and instead of just giving up right then, going ahead and working on those skills and going for it? Well, George, I have to be 100% honest with you. I spent a quite a bit of time initially in the bathroom crying. But after I got over the tears, I went to my um, examiners and I said, hey, what feedback do you have for me? How can I improve? And they were amazing to me. They really gave me some good um, suggestions and the different things that I could work on. And then I went back to art again when I went back to montage and he just spent the time with me. And I think having him there too and supporting me and, you know, working through the different drills was a huge benefit. And we spent a lot of time on the dunny slope, let me tell you, at night, freezing cold, working on these wedges and wedge Christie's. But I knew this was something that I wanted and I knew that, um, I had a lot to learn and I'm not the type of person that just because I failed at something or I didn't get it, it's just another added challenge for me. It's time to really step up my game and figure out what went wrong and how I can fix it and how I can make myself better. So it's just, it was my determination to be like, okay, yeah, I'm a good skier. I can go out and I can race and I can slalom and, and giant slalom and really get my skis on edge. But Skiing isn't all about that, and I learned that, and it was a humbling experience, but I think it was really, really important for my skiing. Now, at what point did you decide that you wanted to go for your level three? So, um, right after my level two. <laughs> now, um, I finished my level two in the, at the end of 2015. So coming into this 2016 ski season, I was all ready to go. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for my level three. I can't wait to do this. And I was at ProDram with Brian Smith. He was my clinician. This was right before he made the national team. And I spent the whole week with him in Vermont, being at Killington. And I was just like all excited. Like, I can't wait to start doing tasks and, you know, starting get re getting ready for my level three. And he took me aside 
And he said, don't take an exam this year. And it took me like, it, it really, it was almost like a punch in the stomach. Like, wait, what, what do you mean? He's like, this year, you need to focus on skiing, focus on your fundamentals, feel your center of mass of your base of support, feel your leg turning um, underneath your, your stable upper body, focus on your skiing, just ski it. Don't worry about the tasks. Spend this year developing your skiing, developing yourself, and the tasks will come. Don't focus on any exams. So um, at first I was like, I was heartbroken because I was like, I really want to go for these exams. But I trusted Brian and I think that he is a great instructor and I think he's a great skier. And I was like, all right, if this is what he thinks I need to do to accomplish my level three, that's what I'm going to do. So I spent all of 2016 just skiing, learning myself and um, continuing that. And then when 2017 came around, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing it. I had a pretty short ski season because of work, and I just focused on my skiing. I didn't really do too many tasks. I just learned, you know, myself and learned how to ski the different terrain, bumps, you know. And I would go to clinics, and I would learn from anyone who would be willing to give me any kind of coaching or teaching. And it wasn't until last year that I had some very, um, very enthusiastic examiners and other people on the developmental team back east told, telling me, you need to go for your level three. It's time. And I went for it. <laughs> so I started the process then last year after two years of just skiing and skiing the skill and not necessarily the task and just getting better at skiing. Now, Kristen, I've got to ask, I mean, skiing with Brian Smith for a week, what an incredible person to learn with. Uh, have you stayed in touch with him? Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, his wife, Alex Smith, and I have become really amazing friends. In fact, she's part of the reason that I ended up just packing everything up and moving to Colorado. Um, she has been such a huge influence for me in skiing and in uh, cycling as well. And, you know, he, he's been there too. And I'm hoping at the end of this month, we'll actually all get to ski together. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, they must've been so happy to hear that you passed your level three, but before we get to passing the level three, let's talk about the preparation you had to do. So you've worked on your skiing for a solid year. And then what did you do after that? So in last ski season in 2018, um, I basically, like I said, the examiners and, and other people on the de uh, developmental team said, you got to go for your level three. And the next level three exam was at Hunter. And I had three weeks to prepare for the exam. And what I did is I went to Montage Mountain. I spent a lot of time at Montage. And I, every night, I'd spend at least two hours on the hill. And I'd pull up the videos of the skill. I'd understand what they were saying, what I'm supposed to do, what different body movement I'm supposed to do. And I would go out and do it. And um, I would try to get those sensations that they were talking about when, you know, um, whether it was outside ski to outside ski or whatever the task may be. I just really focused on what they were saying in the video and making sure that I was doing it. And then finally, right before about, I don't know, about three or four days before 
the exam, I got together with an, another um, coach of mine who's on the developmental team. His name is uh, G.H. Salazar, who's been a huge mentor of mine since I've had him in my exam, my very first exam for my level two. And he just went through most of the tasks with me and he said, you're good, you're solid. And I was like, oh, that was, that was perfect. And I went into the level three scheme and I passed and I was so excited to see, you know, my name or my number with all my check marks next to it saying that I passed the scheme. So I went right from the scheme. Two weeks later, I did the um, CS2. And then a week later, I did the teaching. And in the East, you're allowed to bank and we have the different modules. And for me, I passed the creative teaching, but I did not pass movement analysis. So I was, um, I was pretty disappointed when I didn't pass movement analysis. One module away from attaining my level three. But then I took myself back to when I didn't attain my Wedge and Wedge Christie's. And I remember how much effort and energy I put into it. So I talked to my examiner, asked him what I needed to improve. And he essentially said that my technical knowledge was really good, but I didn't have a refined eye. I didn't really see everything that I should be seeing in people's movements for good skiing or bad skiing. So I took that to heart and I spent a lot of time this summer. I even worked with Alex Smith. We watched some videos together. Um, we talked a lot about movement analysis and um, I spent a lot of time this winter just looking at videos, looking at the movements that I needed. And then on uh, January 31st or 30th, um, just recently, I went back east. I flew all the way back to Hunter Mountain and I passed my level three movement analysis and I got my gold pin and it was amazing. <laughs> so it was, um, it's it expanded two, two seasons for me, but um, in a way I'm actually happy that I didn't get the movement analysis last year because this year I worked so hard at understanding it and I feel so much more confident in my ski instructing and my ability to see good skiing. And um, it was just, it was really a good experience. And I've worked so hard to get to um, where I am. I'm so happy that I was able to pass the movement analysis. <laughs> And are you already putting your sights on uh, the next uh, exam you can take, Rocky Mountain Trainer? <laughs> um, actually, yes, I am. <laughs> and um, I'm hoping my, my next goal is to try to get a job at Aspen. And it's, it's difficult because I am only a part-time instructor. I'm not full-time. But my, my goal is definitely to uh, go for a Rocky Mountain Trainer next. Absolutely. So tell us, uh, what's some advice you have people going for level one, level two, and level three? So um, first, my advice is really get out and ski. And ski and practice well. I mean, a lot of us just go out and ski and we just bum around with our friends. But we really don't focus on our skiing. So spend some time, really feel the movements, feel what your foot is doing inside the boot. And then go back to your trainer at your mountain and say, you know, hey, let's work on stuff. Let's look at my movements. Look at how I'm skiing. 
what advice do you have? Don't focus on the task, focus on your scheme, focus on your, um, your alignment over your ski, how your legs are turning underneath your, your body and really just focus on that. And then when you're ready to go for that exam, work on the task, but don't be afraid to get feedback. Even if the feedback isn't what you want to hear. I mean, sometimes that feedback is really hard, but you have to be open. You have to be humble and really accept it and then work on it. And that's the hardest thing is, you know, just accepting it and then keeping at it until you get it. And that's really hard and frustrating for a lot of people. You know, they go to clinics and they, they hear something from a clinician and they do it for the clinic, but then the next day they forget about it. And not forgetting about it is really important. Keep practicing that skill for whatever you're going through and find a buddy that is going is working on the same thing and you guys can work on it together. Those are the best, that's the best advice that I can give to somebody going for it. And then once you do go for the exam and you don't attain and you do not get the results that you expected, take a deep breath. You can be upset. You can cry a little bit. That's okay. But make sure that you take that deep breath. You go back to the examiner and truly understand what you need to do to improve and then go back and work on those improvements. Kristen, anything else you want to say in summary? I just, I wish everybody the best of luck in whatever they're trying to accomplish. I, I really think that um, skiing is just one of the best sports out there, and you can really learn a lot about yourself through skiing. And don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. And don't be afraid to ask questions and, you know, just always trying to make yourself the best that you can be and enjoy it and embrace the whole process and have fun with it. <laughs> so um, I think that every, I think that if anyone who is going for any exams this year, enjoy it. It's, it's, it is an exam, but it's also a fantastic learning experience. Learn from your examiners, learn from the people around you. And again, if you don't get it, it's okay. You'll work hard and you'll get it next time. Kristen Buckholtz, again, congratulations on attaining the level three and best of luck to you and all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. It's so great talking to you tonight. From the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.